0: Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at TrinityChurchNow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to um, Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, starting in verse 1 through 9. Let's stand for the reading of God's word, please. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And then Paul, as his custom was, went in to them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them for the scripture. From the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I preach to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews, who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and, gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason, whom sought to bring them out uh, to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down, praise the Lord they turned the world upside down, have come here too, Jason has harbored them and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar saying there is another king Jesus and they troubled and crowd they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things so when they had taken security from Jason and the rest they let them go would you bow your heads with me please our gracious Lord we thank you so much for this opportunity to come here together to worship you. But now, but now to open your word together and how precious that is in in your sight. Lord, guide us, direct us in in all the path that you would have us go. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And we pray this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Please leave those Bibles open. You know, I, I, like, um, I like how this starts out and where it says, and, and was Paul's custom, as it was Paul's custom, um, to go into the synagogues. How many times have we seen Paul, um, when, he, when he shows up into, in a city, the first place that he goes, even though he is um, the apostle of the Gentiles, um, the first place that he runs into are the synagogues. And, and when he goes into synagogues, um, so many times he he doesn't receive the warm welcome, welcome that, that he would like to receive. In fact, he many times gets thrown out and, and gets thrown out of the city. And, and, you know, as, as I was looking at this scripture and going over it again and again, I, I thought, here goes Paul again, um, you know, getting himself in trouble again, over and over. Actually, Paul must have thought to himself, this is getting to be like a broken record. Um, I, I, I just have this M.O. This is what happens every time. I go into the city, I go into the synagogue, I preach Christ, I get beat up, I get thrown out, and I go on to the next city. It just happens continually on and on again. Paul had just left Philippi, and, and, and after being beaten, uh, and he and Silas were thrown into prison. Good things came from that. You know, the Philippian jailer, uh, found Jesus Christ, he and his family through, through the occurrences that happened in Philippi. But yet, he leaves there and, and goes off to Thessalonica where, where things are blowing up on him again. It's all blowing up. And, and it makes you wonder sometimes, man, Paul, how do you do this? Time and time and time again. How much can you endure? And you know, the more we study um, in Acts, the more that we look at Paul and and I admire the man for the persecution that, that he went through. But I want you to take notice of something because there's something that's very special about, about this scripture. Um, and that is, I won't reread it again, but but in in the second and in the uh, third verses, it talks about the the preaching that Paul was doing in in the synagogue, and they allowed him to come in and to preach for three weeks, three weeks, three Sabbaths. They allowed him to come in and they allowed him to preach the gospel in the synagogues for in the synagogue for three weeks, no problems no problems at all no one stopped him from preaching jesus but the problem did start when people started to believe and and you see in in verse 4 it talks about about paul and silas and they were starting to see results they were starting to see the fruit of of their labor in in that after 3 weeks of time and after preaching jesus from the from the the in the synagogues that people were starting to come to christ and and when you see people starting to come to christ that's when you start seeing the results and that's when satan attacks you see this is what was happening to paul and silas as they preached the gospel um after the results started to happen and lives started to change, all of a sudden the red flag went up and, and Satan attacked. Folks, that's a banner of victory. It's a banner of victory. Folks, if we were in a church and, and Satan doesn't attack, we gotta, we gotta reevaluate what's going on here because if we don't make Satan nervous, we're not doing anything. We're, we're sitting here making ourselves happy on, on Sunday mornings, and everybody's going home, and nobody's doing anything, and nobody's lives are being changed. and But when you get attacked, wear it like a like a badge of courage. You got to put up with with the results and what happens when Satan attacks. But yet, folks, welcome it. It means that we're doing our job. We're doing something that, that is right. Because if you're not worrying Satan, we're not doing a thing. We're doing nothing. You see, and, and what happened next must have been like a recurring nightmare for Paul. This, this had to be, oh, here we go again. And the, and the Jews got the people all riled up and, and, and the city was, was going into an uproar. They went down and they pulled, they pulled all the, The, the troublemakers up out of the marketplace and they, and they, they started to stir people up and before you know it, they got a riot on their hands. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And Paul and Silas have got to be sitting there going, oh my goodness, here we go again. But yet, they're seeing results. And folks, they're seeing people won to Jesus. You see, it, it really doesn't matter what we go through. It really doesn't. When you see life's changed, you know I told you a while ago, a few a few weeks ago, that there are rewards in ministry that nobody ever tells you about. You know all the things, and when you go into ministry, they they warn you about a lot of things. About guess what? Uh, you you know it's the loneliest job that you could possibly have. Nobody wants to hang around with a preacher. God. You know, and, and, you know, you, you know, you're trying to figure out what's wrong with you, but you know, nobody wants to hang around with a preacher. And, and, and they warn you about all these shortfalls that, that you come up against. And, and they talk about the good things that come with ministry, but they don't really tell you the blessing of ministry. And that's watching lives change. Watching people grow in Christ. And, and I'll tell you, I know that Paul went through a lot of persecution. I know that, that, that he was tired of playing dodgeball with stones and rocks and, and people heaving things at him. And, and he'd probably be happy to see an apple come flying at him rather than it being a rock. But But in all of that, he knew he was changing lives and he knew he was doing what Christ was calling him to do. They attacked the house where Paul and Silas were, were, were staying in Jason's house. And, and they went there and they weren't there. They couldn't find Paul and Silas. So they grabbed poor Jason and his buddies and they dragged him down before the magistrates again. And they said, these people who are turning the world upside down, man, did they have it right? Because Jesus Christ will turn this world upside down. That is where the change comes, folks. And, And they dragged him down there and they said, these people who are changing or, or turning this world upside down. Thank God they were. And, and they couldn't find Paul and Silas, but, but they, they took a security. It says they took a security from Jason. They find him. They find him. They, and, and he just, they find him. They find the other ones that were with him. You know, and I guess it's fortunate that, that Paul and Silas weren't there. Because they would have ended up beaten and in jail again. They would have been there again. And verse, But verse 10, which we didn't read, but read it when you go home. Verse 10 said they ended up sneaking them out of town at night. And they went to Berea. And they sent them to Berea. And we'll get into Berea probably at, after, after Easter. The special people. But that's where they were sent. You see, one would have to ask themselves, why would Paul go through all of this? People say, why, why do you go through all the stuff that you go through? Why do, why do pastors sometimes go through and get burnout and all of the stuff that they go through and all of that? Why do you do it? Why, why would Paul and Silas go through the stonings and go on to the next town and go through the stonings? Why would they do that? You think that they would rethink their position on ministry and maybe take up another job, but let me let me read something to you. Turn in your Bibles to Second no First Corinthians two, one and two. First Corinthians. Two, one and two. Listen to the pages flip and and the Kindles go boop boop boop. Where it says Paul said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If there is ever anything powerful, more powerful than that, if there was ever anything that put put gas in Paul's tank, if there was ever anything that, that, that makes a ministry important, is that we're preaching Jesus and Him crucified. That's what it's all about. Folks, we can do all kinds of things in church. We can preach all kinds of things. We can we can put you to work, we can go out, we can feed the the, the hungry, clothe the naked, we can do all of those good things that that churches are supposed to do. And in fact, when that's all that you do, they'll leave you alone. They'll leave you alone. Satan won't bother you. He thinks it's nice when people have clothes to wear. But when you change lives, when it becomes about Jesus Christ, when you start changing what is happening in people's lives because they have Jesus in their lives, that's when the attacks come. And that is what churches are supposed to be doing. Jesus Christ and Himself crucified is the only thing that's important here. It is faith first. It is faith first. It is changing lives first. And then we do the other stuff on top of that. But folks, that we preach the cross. We preach Jesus Christ. That's what puts gas in the tank. That's what makes people excited to come to church because they're going to be fed with the Word of God. They're going to learn about Jesus and they're going to have life-changing experiences in their life. Folks, that's what it's all about. He also wrote that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. What do you think? What do you think about that? When someone says to, to live, if I'm gonna live, I want it with Jesus. If I'm gonna live, this is all gonna be about Jesus. And if I die, that's game. Cause I'll be with Him. How awesome is that? Folks, I'm telling you, the easiest thing that, well, I won't say it's easy. I, I, I renege on that. Hold on. The difference between doing a funeral or a memorial service for somebody who knew Jesus Christ. I won't say it's easy, but what a blessed assurance we have that 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 person is with Him today and they are better off than we can even imagine being. Even a good day. They're with Christ. Folks, that's easy. That's easy. You want to find one that's tough? Do one that Didn't know Christ. Do a service of someone who doesn't know Christ. And look at the fear. Look at the fear in their eyes for not knowing what's on the other side. When you know it's on the other side, when you know that Jesus Christ is waiting for you, that's when you can say, to die is gain. Because it's awesome. Folks, ah, you need to be in in Bible study, folks. You just need to be there when the new Jerusalem comes. We're in verse 21 of, of, of Revelation. Oh, Lord. When, when, when the New Jerusalem comes, folks, that goes, takes you right back to, to, uh, 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 John 14, where, where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. How awesome that is. Woo! Golly, good grief. That is, you know, that's why Paul would say, ah, oh, to die is game. Really, it is. And he meant it. He wasn't trying to win a popularity contest. He meant it. He meant it. See, to Paul, it was all about Jesus. And it needs to be all about Jesus. No matter what happens, no matter how many stones bounce off Paul, this, this, throw a rock at me in the name of Jesus. That's great. I love it. That's what it's supposed to be about. But I guess you could say that Paul was also this unwilling to bend. Because he had people coming at him who did not believe in Jesus Christ. He had the Jews who were coming after him that did not believe in Jesus. They did not see the Messiah. And and yet, those are the ones that attacked. And there were those who were pagans that came and they attacked. And they didn't understand Jesus. But Paul wouldn't bend. And he wasn't sensitive to their beliefs. Who says we have to be sensitive? I, I folks, and I'm telling you, this is not going to be politically correct. I know, I know. Who said we have to be sensitive to other beliefs? Who said? Well, let me look in scripture and see who says that. Whoops, nobody. Oops. Do you let me let me just put this out here. Do you believe? Do you believe in this? Do you believe in the Word of God? Do Then this has to be true. How, what, what does, what does this say? It says, I am the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. That's it. That's it. Oh, must be these other, other religions must be, well, they're okay too. No, they're not. Well, that's an unsensitive thing to say. I'm not sensitive. I'm not. I'm not politically correct. Sorry, not going there. Let me give you a a fact here. It came from Christianity Today a few years ago. There was a survey done by the Pew Forum on religion and public life. 52% of American Christians, Christians, American Christians, believe that non-Christian faiths lead to eternal life. 52% of American Christians, this is not people who don't believe. This is people who are confused. And Jesus is unique. He is unique. But so are the other leaders of the other faith. See, the results that you're hearing here, folks, come from people, Christians, who are uninformed. They're uninformed. Um, and, and when you're uninformed, you'll repeat anything that the world gives you to say. You'll repeat anything. And, and why are they uninformed? They never open. It. They never open. It. And, and they won't confirm. When I say, do you believe in this? They won't confirm that. Because they don't honestly believe that it's true and i'll tell you there are a lot of a lot of denominations out there that are preaching that some of this is true some of it some of it um, folks from that cover to that cover is true is true and if you don't believe in that and and if you don't believe in some of the things that it says then who are you to judge what is true? Maybe maybe you don't like to believe in, in the idea of what happened with Noah. Maybe you don't like to believe in, in that, that the word of God is like a two-edged sword, and it hurts, it cuts. And if you don't believe that, then who says the salvation part is right? Did you just choose to believe that part? No, folks, right there, it's true. Every bit of it is true. But when you're uninformed, you don't know. And, and some people will say it's too difficult to understand. I don't have enough time. I don't have the interest. They could tell you every scandal in Hollywood. They could tell you about every failed marriage in Hollywood, um, which one goes to drug rehab and how many times they've been in drug rehab. But they can't tell you who Jesus Christ is because they don't care. And that's the truth. So they let someone else tell them who Jesus is, and Jesus is unique. But so are so are the others. So are the others. Listen, folks. I'm not telling you not to be interested in other things. I, I, I believe me. I, I love sports. I do. And and. I don't think much of Hollywood, so we won't go there. But but there are other things that have my interest. But here, here is an interest right here that is the most important interest that I have. I, I believe in the one, and I read about the one who went to the cross and died for me on the cross. Folks, this is what's important. You see, I guess it depends on where, where your interest is. I think it depends on who your idol is. Idol. Wow, that's another show. Everybody knows them all. They know all of them who have won American Idol, but can they tell you who Christ is? Not one of those ones from American Idol died for them on a cross. Not a one. Christ did. I guess it depends on where your interests lie. Folks, let me let me let me tell you something. Um, we're an independent church. We're an independent church. I don't have to care about numbers. I'm not trying to trying to impress a, a, a denomination, a conference, or anything like that. I don't have to impress anybody, not with numbers. But I do look at numbers. Believe me, I look at numbers. And there's. Numbers that that I really truthfully care about. Two numbers that that I want to see, that I'm I'm concerned about and that I follow. One of them is an attendance on Sunday morning. I want to know how many people are in church that day. The other one is how many people attend Sunday school or attend Bible study. You see, right now we're running less than 10%. We we can run, we're running, you know, 250, 260, or whatever on a Sunday morning with less than than 25 to 26 people in in Sunday school or in Bible study. And some of the people who come to Bible study come to Sunday school, and vice versa. Um, so if I was trying to impress um, a conference, I would count them twice. But I'm not. See, I don't have to please them. I have to please one and one alone. Jesus. You see, folks, what happens with people when they become uninformed and when they become someone who is able to be tricked because the world will fool you. Satan will fool you. He'll put all kinds of things into your head. He'll tell you that, oh yeah, Jesus, yeah, sure. Yeah, he's good. Um, But so are the other ones, guys. So are the other ones. They're good too. And they're just as important as Jesus is. And because we don't spend time in the Word, and because we don't go to where we can get into the meat and potatoes of God's Word, you see, I can I can I can preach all day long here and I can I can hit. Um, everybody worries when I do that. That's I, I can get. Folks, it's only 1030. I don't know what you're worrying about here, but but folks, I can preach up here, but all I can do is skim across the surface because I can't do the depths. I can't. I don't have time. But I got time in Bible study. And I got time in Sunday school. And the more you're there and the more you learn, the less likely you are to be fooled by someone in the world who comes along and says, Jesus is not important. That there's all different kinds of ways to be able to get to heaven. Folks, I've i read this and and there is there is nothing else that's coming out there isn't an addendum to this and it says and if i believe this to be true it is that jesus said i am the way not the one of many i am the way the truth and the life nobody nobody comes to the father by me except by me there is nobody there that goes Psst, You've been in church all your life. You're really a good person. Come on in this way. Mm -hmm. It don't happen. It don't happen. It's Jesus Christ. as Lord. And and when you get the meat and you get the potatoes of, of the Word of God, you won't be fooled. That's what we need today, especially in these times. These end times are strong Christians. Christians who can stand on the Word of God and exist in this life on the word of god folks the choice is yours but but the numbers say the numbers say that we need to increase our our bible studies and we need to increase our sunday schools because through that we get strong strong people of faith let's bow our heads our heavenly father i thank you so much you are a good and a gracious God. And, and Father, when I, when I think about it, when I think about what Jesus has done for me, when I know that, that on that cross, He knew my name, and on that cross, I know that, that He knew me, and He knew everybody here. And when I think that, that Father, there are times when, how much time do we give Him back? Lord, I pray that you will open our eyes. As, as Christians in America, that, that we become those who are strong in our faith. That we know who Jesus Christ, our Lord, is. And we thank you for all the opportunities that you lay before us. We have something. And that something is Jesus. And that something needs to be shared with this nation. As we slip away in this nation, from, from the God who created us. Father, I pray that's, that Christians will stand up and, and will be strong in the name of Jesus Christ, be strong in His Word, and to know the difference. And in all of this, I'll give you the praise and I'll give you the glory in it all. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at TrinityChurchNow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.